When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Welcome, everyone, back to Wrestling Omakase. Um, this is my first episode back here in, you know, I mean, it, it feels like the right thing to say is the good old US of A, but honestly, it's not good. So just back in the unfortunate US of A, let's just say. Um, and, you know, we're, we're here today to talk about one of the shows I went to, the very last show I went to in Japan, actually, DDT Peter Pan with a returning guest, the very first returning guest um, in the history of wrestling Omakase. It is Dylan Justin, who um, was on episode three when we did the Japanese wrestling crash course. Dylan, welcome back to wrestling Omakase. John, thank you. It's an honor to be here, John. <laughs> and we don't have to go through your life history again. Which uh, Did we do that last time? I, was that one of the episodes where I, I forgot to do yeah. it? Okay, we did do it. Okay. Oh, yeah, because I remember Drew told a long story about, like, um, his grandmother or something <laughs> in WCW. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, okay. There was one episode where I forgot to do it. I think it was the episode with Jesse and Brennan for Big Japan. Yeah. I think I totally forgot to do it with them. But, yeah. So, I'm back here in the U.S. of A, everybody. Um, you may have noticed that I called the, the Life in Japan thing Volume 1, and there was no Volume 2. So basically, we were planning to do another um, live from Japan episode right after Peter Pan on Sunday. The problem was Peter Pan was so fucking long that by the time we got out of Ryugoku, like it was literally like eight fifteen when I thought the show would be over by like seven. But like, so we're outside of Ryugoku at like eight fifteen, and just nobody wanted to go back to the hotel and do it at that point. You know, um, I think more had to be up at like six a.m. for his flight that next morning and. You know, people just wanted to go and relax and enjoy their last night in Tokyo. No one wanted to record a fucking podcast. So, so DT Peter Pan being very long is unfortunately what robbed you of a volume two. Um, we would have discussed Peter Pan and the other two shows I went to that week, which were uh, a Dragon Gate house show in Daito City, which is it was a really fun show actually. Um, like if you were ever wondering, like uh, so that the that that had Shingo and Benkei. One on one, okay, yeah, which is a pretty cool little match. And then the um, oh god, I have, to, I have to look up the card because everything blends together after fifteen shows. Um, I, I believe the semi the semi main was definitely Ryoska against somebody, but I don't remember what the exact team was. I think it was KZ and Hulk. But let mm-hmm. me, I'm going to look this up now because I'm curious. But yeah, like yes, it was. No, it was Yamato and KZ. Okay. okay. So that was the semi, the, the semi main, which is uh, Yamato pinned Saito in about 16 minutes. And the main event was an eight man tag 
which was uh, Dora Yoshino, Shimizu, and Kitoka defeating Dragon Kid, Eita, Yamamura, and Ishida. So it's only like a five-match show. It was just very interesting to see a Dragon Gate house show. Um, like, if you're wondering, like, what the effort level is, basically, like, the, the first three matches were felt very much like house show matches. Like, it felt like they were in, you know, kind of like a first gear. But the, the semi-main and the main, like, that could have been any Corkin show, honestly. So even this untelevised house show, they, they do really try hard in the last two matches, at least. So yeah, that does sound like a lot, like a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, the it was about 550 people. Uh, that's what their announced attendance were, and I think that that was probably pretty close to accurate. It was um basically like this like auditorium room in in this city hall in Daito, which is not a very big city. I don't think it's like right on the outside of uh, Osaka. We were definitely the only foreigners there. They were not expecting to see <laughs> foreigners in the middle of Daito City, but. Um, and there were quite a few at, at Corkin, though, right? Yeah, Corkin had a lot. But okay. um, Daito City, no, we were the only three foreigners there. But yeah, that, so that show was really fun, just to briefly talk about that. Um, the If you're ever wondering what a, if a Dragon Gate house show is worth it, I thought I thought it was really cool. And that's just, just to see a Dragon Gate show that no one else will ever see, except the, the 500 or so people there. Um but yeah, that was that was cool. And then the other show I went to was Death Mania, which has not aired yet. That will air, I believe, Saturday is when it's going to air on Samurai TV. Um, <coughs> still getting over my illness too, so if I cough right. during this show. But um, yeah, so Big Japan Death Mania, I, I would definitely recommend checking that out. I, I mean, I'm interested to see what the what like the death match. You know, I don't want to call them experts, like the death match connoisseurs, maybe. Think of that main event because, like live, that that match was incredible. It was like, Takashi oh, versus versus Takeda. Okay, yeah, I like Takeda. So that yeah, that match was. I mean, it was a really like. First of all, there were two guys who actually, um, you know, like they could they actually wrestled, you know, which is cool. Like a lot, obviously, a lot of the yeah. American deathmatch guys don't wrestle, but these guys they did plenty of wrestling moves and stuff. So that's so I was into that. And then obviously, you know, they have the ultraviolence with the glass and the blood. But um, I, there, there's a good wrestling match under all that. And I, I I, mean, I almost put it in my top 10 matches of the year. Like, I put it wow. just outside my top 10. It was it was a real experience live. So I don't know yeah, if Takeda, it's going gonna... he's Takeda's a really good wrestler. Just yeah. He, he, he came man. off like that. He came off like that live. Like, he, he, he wrestled his ass off. So I'm really excited to see what the what people react to it when they see the recording. Um, and I, I really like Tadeki and uh, and Daichi too. That was like I, I give that like probably like four stars. It was a really good match, and it kind of continued the Suzuki story with uh, with Hashimoto. Probably, probably I mean, he definitely was like the first guy who didn't let Suzuki wrestle his own kind of kind of match and kind of took it to him. So that was really cool too. And you know Suzuki kind of almost felt like he got lucky, getting a couple moves at the end and catching him and, and managing to win. But uh, it was a very different kind of match than most of Suzuki's matches so far. So I'm, I'm interested to see the reaction to that one. And it was very weird seeing Kenzo Suzuki in a serious match in 2017 because he he didn't have like the the over the top intro and he just played the match the the tag match. It was him and Sekimoto against uh, Okabayashi and. Um, and Kamatani, he just played that match completely straight. Like, just no comedy at all. Just wrestled completely normal. Which Who's is that, very, Kenzo? Yeah, Kenzo. 
It was very weird. It was very weird seeing him. Like, when's the last time you've seen Kendo Suzuki wrestle a serious match? Completely I couldn't serious. tell you because I skip them all. <laughs> I yeah, well, I mean, it just, it's really, it's really a difficult call. But yeah, that match is, that match is fun too. And they, there was a lot, they did a lot more uh, Sekimoto versus Okabayashi than I was expecting. So that was really cool to see live. But yeah, so definitely check out Death Mania when that makes tape. Um, I'm sure most of the people listening to this probably will anyway. Uh, but it's a. It, it seemed like a really cool show live, especially the top end matches. So we'll. I mean, I'll be interested to see what people think about it. But the uh, main reason why we're here today is a show that people actually have seen, which is the DDT Peter Pan. Um, what was the entire thing? DDT Peter Ryu Goku Peter Pan 2017. Peter Pan, even if you become 20 years old, Peter Pan. <laughs> I lo- I love DDT show names are the greatest. Um. But yeah, so Dylan obviously has seen this show. I'm sure a lot of you have by now. On DDT, it's available on DDT Universe, and Dylan wrote an excellent review for the Voice of Wrestling website. And I'll be interested to see. I have not watched it back on tape yet, so all my thoughts are just based on attending it live. Um, so I'll be interested to compare my live thoughts and Dylan's uh, on tape thoughts is my general idea with this episode. Um, so you saw the entire show, right? Yeah, because you, you, I read your review. So you, you saw everything. You saw more of the show than I did because the when, when I was like finding my seat, that Street Pro Wrestling Extra Edition, the Gota Ehashi five-match series, that started already basically while I was still finding my seat. So um, you pro- you've seen yeah, slightly was, more of the that show. Was a good time. You, you gave that one five stars, I mean. I, you're not usually one for the DT comedy, but you seem to really enjoy that one. Yeah, someone on on Twitter, he's like, "Hey, haven't why haven't you added this match to your match of the year spreadsheet?" And I think he was dead serious. I'm like, "It's a joke, man." But it's yeah, yeah that was a great match. I I really, I really enjoyed myself while watching that one. I mean, Gota Hashi's one of the better comedy wrestlers on the planet, I think. And whenever he shows up, it's always a good time. I mean, his his cameo during the during the uh, Suzuki. And, um, and God, Sasaki match like that was, or Suzuki and Takagi match. That was, that was really, really funny. Remember when he just kept rolling down the stairs? He's getting yeah. kicked by Minoru Suzuki down the stairs. That was hilarious. And then when the, the DT Shinjuku face char went to, um, he, he had some funny run-ins because he did the, um, it was the last beer, the last night of beer garden. And he, first of all, failed to get rid of his King of Dark title and then he ended up making, um, you know, his latest entry, and in, in for the for the for the best unit uh, in the general in the, in the general election, which is what picking two K seventeen I think it's called. It's called picking every year, right? Isn't that how it works? I think so. Yeah, it's yeah, some, it's so, some very Japanese poorly transi- translated. I think, it, I think it's picking. I think it's picking. I could be wrong. Somebody can get mad at me that I don't know this, but I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure it's picking. Um, but yeah, so I, I saw the formation of picking 2K17 where, you know, they, they were, it didn't look like they were going to be able to get, um, you know, they, they were not going to be able to convince Shimatani this time because he was going to go with the, the DNA unit that they, that they formed, but they told him, look, you could be the leader this time. And that was enough to convince him. So they managed to get their third member for picking 2K17. I'm sure they're going to lose the lose the vote again and have to split up, but you know, hmm. um, I mean it's a shoot vote, so it's kind of funny they lose it every year. 
but I guess the fans are in on the joke basically and they don't vote for it. But because um, I saw like they a, a couple people at the show got ballots because if you buy merchandise they were handing out ballots already. So yeah, I heard uh, Taylor. Was yeah, Taylor he voted for something. I don't remember I, what he said. He I think he voted Damnation and uh, what was the other unit he voted for? He voted for Damnation and one other unit. I don't remember what it was. He could, huh? All out maybe. But I, I don't think it was all out. I think it was something. No. I think it was one of the weirder ones. But. But yeah, he voted for two units, and because he he got two votes, because they they do they encourage ballot stuffing. Like basically, you get you get ballots for um for buying merch. It's basically how it works. And now at this point, unfortunately, I had done my merch buying for DET at the at, when I went to uh, Shinjuku Face, the very start of the trip, which was my very first wrestling show the entire trip. And just at this point, I did not have the money to spend on more merch just to get a just to get a vote, but. Yeah, uh, I was. I'm very broke right now, folks. It is expensive <laughs> going to Japan, but, um, but yeah. So like the, the the vote is a shoot. So go to Hashi. We'll see it. Maybe him and Pigging or whatever the hell his unit's called can pull it out this time. Um, but yeah. So the five match series. Just to go over real quick. First of all, he defeated Dai Suzuki with a body press in 36 seconds. This is the one I did not see. I was finding my seat while that was going on. But that meant that Daisuzuki is the new King of Dark champion. So Ihashi, after I think this was his third try, um, he's finally able to get rid of that cursed title. Good for him. <laughs> it's a good choice, I think, Daisuzuki. He deserves a spot on the on the main cards. He's uh, he's very over too. I mean, he. Oh yeah. It's a joke that he's in the dark matches, but he he is over enough to be on on the main cards. I think. Yeah, the crowd loves him. Um, the second one, he defeated Gorgeous Matsuno with a body press in three and a half minutes. Um, I saw a little bit of this. Like, I think this was still going on while I found my, while I was finding my seat. But um, it was, you know, just again, this all this all backstage or like, not backstage, but like on the entryway, basically. I think is where it was taking place in like the hallways. So I was already yeah. out of I was already out of the hallways by the time this was going on. But I was just kind of like slowly making my way down to ringside. I had awesome seats for the show. If you didn't see my my pictures on Twitter, basically like fourth row, um, off to one side, a, a little bit diagonal, so I couldn't see everything perfectly, but still fourth row. You know, it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, How does that compare to where you sat in the uh, at the the New Japan shows? So I sat for. I also sat fourth row for the first night at New Japan, but that that, that was probably my favorite seat the entire trip because. We were like right next to the entryway, or one of the two entryways. So the wrestlers would walk right past us, which, you know, was really cool and included, um, you know, Tom Tonga punking me on live television. But that was night one, and then night two we had third row, but we had like dead center third row. So that was like the best seat for us actually seeing the in ring action. Like that one, I was like right on top of it. So, so I'd say the the New Japan tickets are better, but the the DT was still very good. And the night three, I had second floor, so that was not nearly as good. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I had ringside a lot at this at this trip. I had a, uh, I had front row for start for starter McCurricane, which was awesome. Um, yeah, I, I think saw we, that one. yeah, we had like, oh, you saw the show? Yeah, it was really you know, good. We we made it. we made tape, right? I'm pretty sure a bunch of times. I think you did. I yeah, someone did. someone else on Twitter was telling me I was on TV, but um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so that's stardom. And then I had, um, I think I had like 
fifth row for the Dragon Gate house show. Not the Kurrigan. The Kurrigan, we were in the orange seats. But the, yeah. the house show, we had, like, fifth row. And then for, for Death Mania, I had third row. And that was also very good. But the, the with the glass, it was like, okay, this is actually incredibly frightening because this glass is flying, you know, directly in front of you. Right. But, but yeah, I think that was all the ringside I had. Um, but, yeah, we, we had, I mean, the tickets were not cheap. I would say, like, like Mort worked it out. And he, Mort worked out that he spent about, like, over $1,000 just on tickets. I don't think I spent quite that high because I um, – I didn't go to quite as many shows as he did, but I probably spent like 800 or something just on tickets. Yeah, that's, that's insane. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, the DET alone was like 1,300 yen. So like, mm. uh, like over a hundred dollars. And then the new Japan was, um, you know, about one, about one, uh, 10,000 yen, which is like $90 for the first two nights. The stardom too, I think was like 12,000 yen. So basically ringside, oh. ringside, I'll set you back like a hundred bucks. Or front row. The, the the big Japan ring side was only like for third row was only like uh, seventy eight hundred yen. So that was a little cheaper. But, yeah, but that was also that was a smaller. Well, no, it was. It yeah, was I mean, I think Nagoya Nagoya is not as, not as expensive probably hmm. instead of Tokyo. But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, tickets tickets will add up, folks. That's all I'm gonna say. And the the, the one thing that helped too is I was able to buy. I was able to to buy the New Japan tickets. Like the New Japan tickets for those three shows, that I had to buy way in advance, so that was not expense for the trip. So that was like th- like three hundred dollars probably. That was just that was just for the for New Japan, but that was like way beforehand. Whereas the rest was all like reserved, and we bought it during the trip. So at least it helped that I was able to, you know, break it up a little bit. But you know, you could definitely go to a lot, all these shows a lot cheaper than I did. But I figured. You know, you spend all this money to fly there and yeah, stay there. there. You might as well. You might as well just go crazy, right? So, right. so I did. I went kind of crazy. Um, anyway, <laughs> Peter Pan. Um, that was the well, we remember the dark match, right? So Mad Polly. That that was the third one. This is the first one I really actually saw, where I saw Gota like interrupt his um, his his autograph session, and then they eventually fought into the arena. Finally, at this point, you know, just kind of looking up, you could see them. Um, you know, I was like probably I was on on one side of the ring, and they were pro- they were, they were coming down to like I think I would be like east, and they were coming down the south side, so um, not like directly behind us or anything, but you could see it pretty easily. And then they eventually ended back in the ring, and of course, Bad Polly beat him. Um, after that, Goda kind of found his way backstage, and he got knocked out by Rocky Kawamura. This is probably I. I People probably thought, think the the next one's even funnier, but I thought the Rocky one was the funniest. Yeah, just putting on these gloves and Rocky punching the shit out of him is pretty funny. I mean, he he legit fucked him up. I mean, if you watch it, <laughs> he, he got him pretty good. Yeah. Um, but that's that's the Kawamura one, and then the last one, he goes into the women's locker room and finds Lingerie Mudo. Um, Mudo selling selling his knee was like the funniest thing. That was really hilarious. And then Mudo puts him away with the Shining Wizard. But yeah, that, that this was great. This was fantastic. It was everything I love about the ET, and God, God bless it. Go to Hashi's awesome, and this was really fun. Um, okay, so the next match was the, I guess you could call the first real dark match. It was a eight-man tag. Mizuki Watase, Rekka, and, Rekka Diego, and Deki Shimamura defeating Tomomitsu Matsunaga. 
Hoshitango, uh, Nobuhiro Shimatani, and the, the new boy, Mr. Okada lookalike, Masato Kamino, um, Watasi Pin Kamino with a backdrop in about six and a half minutes. This is kind of just there. Um, the crowd really wasn't even like in their seats yet either, so they, there wasn't a lot of people to react to it. Um, I was I was in my seat and I was it was cool, but I mean it was over pretty quick. It was just just a match, a little sprint, not nothing to write home about. But it, it it's the people there. It's something to look at, I guess. And yeah. uh, I'll, I'll say oh, yeah. Diego, Diego, what's his what's his old name? Uh, Guan, Guanchulo, Guanchulo. Yeah. He's like Venezuelan or something, right? Ecuador, something like that. He's uh, not Japanese. I, I, was, I, know that. I was Chile. Chile, yeah. He he's he's improved this year. I've never really liked him, but he's ever since uh, joining All Out and changing his name, he's been. Uh, I've liked him. He's been. He's good. he's. I don't. He's the guy that you go through, by the way, if you want to reserve DT tickets. Not that his English is great, but his English is a lot better than I, I guess most of the other people's English. But um, he was he was really cool. I mean, we when he when he climbed up the top rope, like he uh, you know he was pointing around, and I yelled out Diego, and he like looked right at us and like pointed at us and was like ah, like you made it basically. Because you know he puts aside these fucking expensive ass tickets for us. He doesn't really know if we're gonna show up or not. So it was, it was cool of them to do that. They put aside you know reserved uh, nine tickets, nine thirteen thousand yen tickets. We e- easily could have left him. Let them look like idiots with that, but they they did it for us when we showed up. So he seemed happy to see us. Um, he had also because he, he we we had talked to him during the DNA DT double shot because he put tickets aside for us for that too, the DNA one. So he was he, he thought it was cool. He definitely um, he definitely thought it was cool to see a lot of a bunch of foreigners coming all the way out for DT, and uh, he asked us to to spread the word, which we're clearly doing that right now. So. Um, he thought we thought it was also pretty cool when we said we had a podcast and stuff. So basically, I think and any anyone spreading the word of DDT in English, they're pretty happy about. Obviously, they know Jamie. Uh, Jamie has the dramatic DDT site, which I know they're happy that to see Very that exist. By the way, I yeah, use that a lot while writing my. Oh yeah, for sure, Jamie. Yeah. Shout out to Jamie. He was on my last trip last year, uh, the 2016 one. A really great dude. So he, he was the only one who went to a Japanese baseball game with me and uh, he had a, had a good time. So shout out to Jamie if he happens to listen to this. The the next match was the Iron Man heavy metal weight title, the Tokyo Joshi Pro Offer Battle Royal. You ended up coming out on top in 1646. You is a badass. I always forget like how much of a badass he is until I see her again. Like she's she's not quite at the level of uh like Chihiro Hashimoto in Sendai Girls, but Kind of similar build and kind of similar look, and yeah. you know, very, very, cool, very cool wrestler, and I, I like her a lot. Um, she had a really good match with um, with Shoko Nakajima in uh, uh, on uh, January fourth, actually. And, yeah, uh, yeah, that was a that was a really good match. It's the I like the match. Joshi Pro match I've seen actually. I like the match where she beat uh, Miyu Yamashita for the title. That was really good. But Yamashita is not the one I like a lot. She's the pink striker. That was the first champion. She's good. Uh, a lot of the Tokyo Joshi Pro girls aren't that great, but those those two are good. The one who's champion now uh, is that the one you're talking about, Siyoko Nakajima. Yeah. Or is that somebody? I, I think she's the one who's no, champion. No, I'm talking. Yeah. 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 Um, I think she's so. pre- she's pretty good. I think the one you know the one with the little bell, and I, I think that's Siyoko. But um, Riku, Rika Rika Tatsumi's good. 
yeah, so there's there's some good wrestlers there, but there's also a lot of really the bad. spot. Did you see the spot? Well, of course you did, but um, they did this thing. It's hard to describe, but uh, there's a gif of it on Twitter uh, if you want to find it. It was like this this rolling thing out of the corner. Somebody went for, I think, a power bomb, and then somebody uh, jumped over, and uh, I, I have no idea how to describe it, but it was it was very cool. Did you? Yeah, you know I, 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 I do know what you're talking about. It was really cool. I, it, was like the, exactly it was like it was it was one it, it was like that sunset flip, jackknife pin combo kind of thing. Yes, yes. Because then the pinning Rika, t- I think that's how Rika Tatsumi got eliminated. So yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, just still got the cough going. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was that was a really I, this was a fun match. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean nothing wrong with it at all. Um, so that was the the last of the dark matches, and we hit the we hit the opening, and we go to the the real start, which is begins with the Yuki Ino debut match, uh, Naomi Yoshimura and Yuki Reno defeating Koki Iwazaki and Yuki Ino. Yoshimura pinned Ino with the Shonemba in about ten forty nine. This this was a very good opener, I thought. I mean, Ino Ino stood out uh, for you know for obvious reasons, a big dude. He looks good in there. Other than the fact that he he messed up the finish, what are you gonna do? You know, uh, his first it's his first match. You know, he's allowed to make a mistake. It's just too bad it was the finish. Um, but uh, before that, though, he looked really good. And you know, Yoshimura is awesome. Like already, Yoshimura is really he's got like such great heel presence. And you know, he's obviously the next big the next big dude they're building up to to move up like um, like Higuchi did, but. You know, he's just such a different kind of dude than Higuchi, and he's already got he's that very, great... <laughs> he has a very Shingo kind of look. Like, he, he's always he's always smiling, and he looks like a complete asshole. Uh, but the thing is, too, I think he could be a good baby face as well, because he does... He... No pun intended. He does have, like, a baby-esque face. He looks like a child. Yeah. So I think he could be a baby face, but he also does have that Shingo... That, uh, those Shingo... Yeah, Shingo... Shingo facial expressions that uh, that really make for a good heel as well. Yeah, and like, did you watch the credits? I don't know if you, at the end of the show, like he he just kind of like yeah. looks at the camera for like half a second, and then just walks away while the other yeah, ones are all yeah. posing with the sign. It's just he has that like I'm too cool for this shit kind of thing going on yeah. basically. So he's got a great presence already. I think he's he's gonna be a big big star. I think. So and and he, he was uh, the, the, one of the big stars for the the DNA show I went to, which had that. The, did you watch that show, the One Day Tournament? I haven't yet. I haven't yet. Yeah, him, him and Mao were like, and and Iwasaki actually were like the standouts yeah. of that show, and they they had some, you know, some really cool matches, and definitely worth checking out. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this is a cool opener, and you know, I think a lot of guys in this opener are gonna have. I mean, I like Iwasaki a lot. I think he just needs yeah, to kind of he needs to kind of find a character probably for DT. But if he ends up being like, maybe he just ends up being like the net, the new generation version of like Shuten Doji, where like his character is that he doesn't have a character, and that sticks that stands out basically. In, yeah, in he DT. well for for a rookie, he he kind of reminds me of of Nakajima. That's a very that's a very easy comparison. Yeah, um, but he does have very similar a very similar look, even similar gear, and uh, yeah. That green gear. Yeah, yeah, he he's he's really good. I think he could be a star within a year or two. But the thing is, PDT likes to take their time with these rookies. So he's been a rookie for like uh, how long? Three, four years now. Three years. Yeah. 
it's kind of you know it's it's a new japan thing the same problem people have with new japan certain people it's that they take a really long time to push people we saw it with shibata now we're we're seeing it with uh sonata or we're going to at least and uh ddt has a similar thing with their their dna guys but i do think it was saki could be a uh a pretty big star once they do decide to push him like higuchi is now yeah so that was the opener very good opener match two the kod 10-man tag team titles the inaugural match for these uh sentai themed titles the team of makoto oishi liliko ladybeard super sasadango machine and kenoka defeating Toru Washi, Kazuki Hirata, Joey Ryan, Saki Akai, and Yoshihiko. Oka pinning Hirata with the Fire Spear in 1023. I mean, this was just hilarious start to finish. Beginning with the entrances, when they come out, the Awashi team had, like, the, the old-school Power Rangers logo and, like, the opening to, to the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers for, like, for to, as his entrance video. That was awesome. Obviously, Hirata coming out and doing his big thing and... Um, so, like, the Sesadango, like, PowerPoint was, like, apparently about, like, how they were going to try to distract Hirata with um, everybody, like, stomping really loud for his entrance. And then Liliko will be able to roll him up and get the pin, which they tried, but it didn't end up working. Hirata kicked out. But, yeah, I, I mean, I love this. This is, again, everything I love about DDD. It was a really funny match. And, you know, it didn't go on too long. It didn't drag. Like, sometimes the, you know, sometimes the DDD comedy can – like especially those battle royals, they can drag if they go on too long. But this, this I thought, it made its point. It was hilarious, and then it got out basically. So I thought, I thought this was awesome. Yeah, like I talked about in my review, and like you kind of just, like you kind of just touched on. If you like comedy and DDT, if people like you, you're going to enjoy this a lot. Um, I can't say I didn't enjoy it, but it just, I was kind of zoning out, kind of looking at the phone. Um, it didn't have my full attention. I, I actually had to go back, so just so I had a little something to say about it in in my review. Uh, but it, it was harmless. It, it wasn't. There's was nothing wrong with it. Um, again, it was very short. It was. Uh, it didn't overstay its welcome. It was only like eight, nine, ten minutes. Uh, so that's good. Usually, or not usually, but sometimes these matches can go too long, overstay their welcome, like uh, like Joey Ryan versus Dino did at uh, Judgment. But then again, I understand why that got so much time. Um, but yeah, this was a match. I'm happy for Kenoka winning a title in the <laughs> I'm a big fan of his. I, I am too. I love Kenoka. Um, so you, did you see the rules they announced for these titles, by the way? I didn't, no. So they announced basically... I, did, I actually didn't. I didn't even know of them. They said basically that um, it, they, they after the show, they acknowledged it'd be hard to get the entire team together. So basically they're going to let the... As long as three members are present, they can have two people fill in and it will still count as a defense for the original team. So there you go. Hmm. That's basically okay. how these challenges are going to work. It's a very DDT thing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was a very DDT match a, and very DDT titles. You know, where else are you going <laughs> to see? So. I know. It was, it was great. But um, I, I have to say, in the building, Lilico is extremely over. Um, Ken Oka, people, even, just even doing like the, the bad communication singing and dancing like after he won like people were very into it um you know obviously hirota incredibly over crowd loved him i have to say as much as i don't like him joey ryan was very over you know oh, not joey ryan, i thought i thought yeah. you might have been 
No, I don't. I don't like him at all. Honestly, well, he's I don't, I don't know one of the I few. Him, but... One of the few DET comedy people I don't really like at all. But yeah, Joey. Um, Lily Lily Lilico turning that around on him was really funny, though. I will say, like yeah. her 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 vagina strength uh, doing his penis strength. That was pretty funny. Yeah. So that was match number two. Moving on to match three, the Ikemen versus Idol, Handsome Humanity Battle. Jiro Ikemen Kichiro defeated Shunma Katsumata of New Wrestling Idolu with the Ikemen Clutch in 12 minutes. This was this was really fun. I thought while it lasted. Obviously, you know, half the fun was the entrances where um, you know, getting to see the elaborate uh, New Wrestling Idolu entrance where they, they came out with these you know, they were tossing these uh, these little balls, basically, which unfortunately I did not catch. One, I almost caught one. One went right off my friend's head, basically. Like I was sitting next to somebody, and like it hit right, hit right off his head. I tried to grab it, but like it bounced backwards. So, um, and then the the then Giro coming out and doing his Giro doing his entrance. Like first of all, you know, um, obviously the the fake out thing is always awesome. It's not. This is actually my second time seeing his entrance live. I saw it at Currican for Wrestle One last year, but you know this was on a way bigger scale at Sumo Hall, and he was having so much fun. The crowd was so into it, and then what, looking at Shunma, I don't know if they shot this enough on TV, but he was getting so fucking pissed, waiting for Jiro to get in the fucking ring. Like every time Jiro would do it, Shunma would like turn around and he would like. You know, get really angry, and he, he and uh, Oishi started like Oishi started like flipping off the fucking crowd for for chanting for uh, for for Jiro. Like he was very angry, so it, it was really funny. And um, finally, the match got underway. I thought the match itself was really cool too. And Jiro winning with the Ikemen clutch is cool because they they had teased it a few times. You know, they gone for it a few times earlier, and then you know Shun might even try to do his own version. The idol clutch, which I thought was awesome, but um, obviously there wasn't the result wasn't really in doubt since you know Russell One wasn't going to send the number one contender to lose right before he's about to challenge the main event of the Yokohama show. But I thought this match was really cool. Yeah, I liked it too. The story there is that both of them were were trained by by Smash, the which yep, was WNC, right? And uh, the thing is, Shunma left. To join DDT, I think he stopped for a while, stopped wrestling, or can, can continue training or something. Yeah, b- before it became DDT. W, before it became WNC, I think. Right, right, and Jiro stayed. Yeah. It became WNC. Then it, it, uh, it fell apart. He left. He went to Wrestle One. Whatever. I thought that was a really cool story, and and I think they played <laughs> that up pretty well, while also playing up the, you know, Icky Man versus Idol thing, which uh, which people were into. I was into, and uh, it was a, it was a fun little match. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, so match four, the special four-way tag team match, Kotaro Suzuki and Soma Takao. Soma is now nine and zero at Peter Pan events. Everybody, uh, they defeated Kasayashi and uh, Kaisuke Ishii, um, Yankee Tukenju, Isami uh, Kodaka and Yuko Miyamoto, and Mike Bailey and Mao. Um, Soma pinned Mao with the endless waltz in about ten and a half minutes. Um, this this was this was fun. Uh, I don't. I wasn't really expecting it to be like. Blow away. This is like the portion of the, of the card that was like, you know, kind of get people on the show and have a good time. Not really like, you know, blow away matches. But for what it was, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, you know, it was cool just seeing Yankee Tukenju live. 
um, you know, cool seeing some veterans like Kotaro Suzuki and Katayashi. And just seeing the new wrestling idly performance live, they did before the match with the, the entire singing and dancing routine is really cool. It's always a lot of fun. So um, this, was, this was a really cool match live. I'm not sure how it came up on tape, but live it was fun. It came off well. It, uh, the previous matches were kind of – they were kind of just fun. They were for – uh, the crowd coming in, getting them ready for more serious matches down the line. And I thought this match, while not serious, it was it was more serious than the previous ones, I thought. And it did a good job kind of breaking us away from, uh, you know, the fun undercard and bringing us into more, uh, the more serious side of the card. Uh, even though Dino versus Takagi took place afterward, but you know what I mean. That, that was his own kind of serious, though. I mean, there was a lot of stakes there. It was. Yeah, it was, it was serious. That was almost in, like a serious comedy match. We'll talk about that, but, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I thought this was really good. I liked Mao a lot. I've never uh, – I've seen him maybe uh, two, three times before because I, I tend to skip around on, on DDT shows, and I don't watch much DNA anymore. But uh, he really stood out to me here. I thought he hung in there with, with everyone who uh, he stepped yeah, in with. Yeah, Mao, Mao is awesome. So. Yeah, he. I really like. I really like his look too. He has a very good look. Uh, very attractive. He's a very attractive <laughs> young man. Um, and I thought I liked Ishii a lot too. And uh, you know this. I don't like Ishii very much. I'm not a big Ishii fan. Uh, but he he did well here. I thought. And um, do we know if the winners of this match, in this case Suzuki and uh, Takao? No, we don't know. Getting a tag title. We shot? don't know that because it, the only tag title match announced is the the factory match. So. Okay. Yeah. So this was. Uh, I thought it would have worked really good, if, really well, if they uh, they gave him one of those uh, whatever they have the flags that they give the people who win the uh, anytime anywhere uh, matches. No, it's like it's like, it's like yeah, it's like a bracelet. Yeah. A bracelet. Yeah. Uh, I thought I, that probably would have would have worked. That would have been cool. Would have uh, heightened the stakes a little bit, I guess. Uh, but for what it was, I really liked this. I thought it was a very fun spot fest. Really fun sprint. The 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 spot where they all got in and did that uh, ricochet osprey, you know, springboard off the ropes thing. Other people do it too, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And uh, that, that was a fun spot. The, the Bailey fun. and Mao double dive. That was really cool. Right, right. I mean, that was like uh, right in yeah. front of me. Like basically, that was like that was the corner right in front yeah. of me. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, I thought everyone looked good, and uh, especially Mao. I, I was really impressed with him. Uh, and yeah, it was it was a really good match. So that was the the fourth match. The fifth match was the KOG Six Man Tag Team Title: uh, Shuten Doji, Kudo, Yukio Sakaguchi, and Masahiro Takanashi defeating Dick Togo, Yasuyorano, and Antonio Honda. Kudo pinned Honda with the diving double knee drop in thirteen fifty two. The first defense for Shuten Doji. This probably was the weakest match on the show. I thought I really wasn't into it at all. Um, it was there was really nothing wrong with it, but. You know, there was really no good reason for the Dick Togo team to be getting this title shot, and you know, it just kind of felt like it was there. Um, there's there was nothing bad about it, but just it didn't it didn't like uh, it didn't suck me in at all. And you could you could call Honda getting pins like ten miles away, so I don't know. It was it was okay, but just nothing that exciting. I think I liked it a little more than you. I mean, I gave it uh, three and a half stars for people. Yeah, I would have gone like I would have gone like three and a quarter probably. So, I mean, it was a very good show. There was the, that this was yeah. the weakest match on the show, but this is just just there for me. It was the least consequential, I guess you could say. It just yeah. it, it was kind of just 
it was kind of just a mid-card match. But um, I actually liked Nick Togo coming into team with uh, Urano and Honda, who he's been friends with for a long time. And uh, Togo and Honda obviously had that, that legendary match in 2011. Uh, so I, I kind of like him coming into team with his boys. I'm not a huge Honda guy, but I thought he was okay. Um, Sakaguchi and Togo had some nice interactions, and uh, Urano didn't do too much. I don't remember Urano at all. Yeah, match. I don't remember him at all either. Honda's, I, Honda, uh, if, if, he's one of the few DT comedy guys I actually don't really care that much about. He's not bad or anything, but like I don't, I don't really care that much about Antonio Honda. Yeah. There were there were a few spots or uh, that he did at the beginning that I didn't really understand what was happening. I, he he kind of started like too sweeting the opposite team, and I had no idea what was happening. Uh, like he he started too sweeting them. And then, he's they were putting like, up he's out. putting up a fox. That's what he's doing. No he, he always tells he always tells a story about a fox, this like Japanese folktale, and then eventually like he tries to poke them in the eye with the fox. So but, Okay. It, it looked to me like he was too sweeting them and they were, yeah. they were passing out from it or for uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't really understand that and I was like, what the fuck is happening it's, here? It's one of those but, things uh, that's very Japanese. So Yeah, yeah. But I liked the match. I thought it was I thought it was good. Um but yeah, it was okay. I like I, I liked it well enough. It's just a lot, of, a lot of other stuff in the show I thought was better. So, speaking of better, the final match for intermission was the DDT 20th Anniversary Weapons Rumble All Rights Contra Marriage. So, the the rules of this match, obviously, like, it, Weapons Rumble, it sounds weird, but very easy to explain. You know, you have a countdown, and at the end of each countdown, another weapon gets to enter the match, just like, you know, people entering in a rumble. Um, you know, the, each weapon is used by a specific wrestler, too. So, you know, you had, like, um, Takagi had, like, I don't even remember what the fuck he had other than, <laughs> what, like, at one point, um, you know. There's a lot of shit out there. There's a lot. Of shit. I think he had, like, a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire, and then um, Dino had, like, Dino had dildo wrapped in barbed wire. Um, Takagi, Dino eventually had, like, his gay friends, basically. Like, I'm not not trying to insult. That's absolutely what they are, his gay yeah. friends. And, yeah. And um, Takagi had, I think, that that macho dance group, which ended up distracting the gay friends and getting them out of there. The the, the best one probably was Kendo Kashin and Momota having a match in the middle of that match as one of the weapons. That that was fucking hilarious. Because they had been teasing that, that Kendo Kashin and Momota were going to have a match at like 6.30 in the morning, but Sumo Hall refused to open, basically, to have the match. So they instead had the match in the middle of this weapon rumble, which is really hilarious. And then you know, it got thrown out because Dino's gay friends were like molesting the, the, the second referee, and then Kashim is like, "Okay, well, All Japan next week." So apparently, right. it's gonna happen at the All Japan Super Hall show. Oh, really? I actually didn't see that. Yeah, so that's, that's what Kashim claims anyway. Um, but yeah, then obviously we got into the the heavy headers where uh, where Dino Dino like one of his weapons was an embarrassing. Foot, uh, embarrassing footage from a, a fan event like 10 years ago and it's like Takagi like so drunk he's like stripping like that just if I don't know if they were showing the ring and like cutting back and forth but like yeah, when you're there okay because when you're there, like Takagi was so upset by showing this video like he kept begging Dino to turn it off it was really hilarious yeah that might um, have been my uh, favorite part of the match so that was <laughs> I mean it, it's great it's just it's great yeah um you have his facial expressions like what the fuck is going on but it, it's distracting him and dino uh i think that's when i think that's when kendo kashin and uh momoto came in after that uh, okay yeah and 
Yeah, and that that was a really good spot. I really enjoyed that one. And uh, yeah, then Dino's mom came in, Takagi's wife came in, and uh, she yeah, the hell out of it. And uh, yeah, everything here was really Dino. Lovely. Dino's mom using the using a lip lock was hilarious. Like the crowd went nuts for that. And then um, Takagi's wife coming in and like you know slapping him and moonsaulting him. That was that was awesome. And then uh, Dino obviously got the pin after that. So yeah, this was this was great. It was it went 17 minutes, but it never felt like a drag to me. Um, so I, I I enjoyed it a lot, and you know it was a very it was it was everything you'd expect from this kind of match. And the, I have to say to the crowd, the crowd was more into this than anything on the show by a mile. Yeah. Like the rest of the show ended up suffering for crowd heat, I think, because the crowd was so into this match and like so burned out after his match was over. But like they they were so into this fucking match, like. Like the crowd was as loud for that match as any any the crowd was on any show was loud for any match the entire trip, so um, yeah. But it was it was an experience, and I'm I'm really happy I went and got to see this live because you know it was it was really cool, and I think this was this was this was great. It was a, it was an example of a a very high stakes comedy match that ended up feeling like you know you really didn't know who was going to win by the end. You really cared who was going to win, given the stipulation. So as a result of Dino winning, he ended up coming out later on in a blazer and constantly like Dino in the blazer with his tights was, was hilarious. Yeah. It was like corporate Dino is uh I think it was uh, Mark on our trip who who came up with that corporate Dino. And that was really funny. And they, they immediately fired uh um, you know Aman, the the general manager, because they were like, We don't need three figureheads, basically. Because you have Dino as producer, Takagi still as owner. You don't need a third figurehead, so they fired him. Yeah. I actually Dino, didn't know that guy's name. I think he, I think he works backstage a lot, doesn't he? I, I, yeah. I think I something like that. He works. He does a lot backstage. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. But yeah, so Dino fired him, and like, well, first Takagi fired him actually, and then Dino agreed with the decision, and he even said in English for us, he's like, "You are fired," and he just kept repeating it, "You are fired," and like we were just cracking the fuck up at that, so. Um, this this was awesome. Can't clearly can't say enough good things about it. Even I think if you're not normally into Dino's brand of comedy, there's really nothing like you know he wasn't really trying to rape anybody. So I think you could, I think you could still enjoy this one. And I can I can attest to that because you know I, and a lot of people know whoever reads my uh, stuff on the website, my DVC reviews. I I'm not a big fan of Dino. I um his character is that he's he's a gay guy, but he's um he's extremely horny and everything anytime he sees a guy he, he has to fuck him and so that just kind of makes me uncomfortable i mean see, you don't I, have to, see, I i because i because i honestly think you, you, when people look, take it that i get why people find it offensive but i don't think that's really the point of the character like i think he's just i think it's it more like not, gold i think it's more like gold dust i think he's doing it yeah, because it might not be the point of the character and japanese fans might not take it that way because obviously they they really enjoy it he's uh is it safe to say he's the most over character in the company. I mean, after this, I think you could make that argument for sure. I mean, and he won the general election last year, so. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, the, yeah. the Ishikawa match in Corrigan uh, had a lot of heat too because of that. So I just, it, it makes me uncomfortable personally just because it's like, hey, he's he's kind of raping that dude, you know? <laughs> yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. There's a lot of so, queer people I know who don't, who don't like the character at all. And I totally get it. I mean, just me personally, as a queer person, it, it doesn't bother me. But if yeah. it bothers other people, I, I you know I totally get it. Yeah, that's fine. Everyone everyone has their own lines, and that's fine. I would never tell anybody 
uh, hey, you you support rape if you like. No, that's yeah. that's not the point, and that's I would never do that. But it makes me uncomfortable. And uh, but there wasn't a lot of that here, so I appreciate that. Uh, there were some, and uh, it. But the thing is, it didn't really bother me much here because Takagi was kind of doing the same thing, and that it it was in such a big spot, it was so important that it's not just you know Dino being a fucking uh, an idiot in Cork and Hall in a, in the second match on the show. So yeah. it didn't really bother me too much here. Uh, I can't say I loved those parts of it, but aside from that, I really did enjoy this. Um, it's probably, if you're looking at it objectively, it is the best match on the show. It was the best match on the show because it, it drained the crowd afterward. The crowd couldn't get into the uh, the next three matches. Um, well, they, I, I think the they event, got... No, they they got into the main event by the end. I thought it didn't really come across that way. Oh, of it. Okay. That's if I had to, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to the main event. But yeah. if I did have to pick something, it it would be the crowd. Uh, so I think this was objectively the best match on the show. Um, I didn't give it a rating. I couldn't I I couldn't possibly give it a rating. But uh, I really did enjoy it, and um, it's something I probably will watch again if I ever need to think like if I ever need a reminder of why ddt is so successful and why they do the things they do for their audience you know because i get why they do these things i just i a lot of times i don't enjoy it if i ever need a reminder of why they do it i i, I will revisit this match yeah so after that we had intermission and then by the time we came back from intermission unfortunately the crowd was very burnt out and it was like i think like almost 6 p.m at this point so you know a lot of people have been there since like 1 30 so i get it yeah, you know you know the crowd. They started in the first start till three. Like you know, yeah, people did get in there early. So match seven, the DT Extreme Title. Uh, this is hair versus hair. Daisuke Sasaki defeating Akito with the chair assisted La Mystica in the La Mystica cross face lock in twenty one fourteen. Like I thought this match was awesome. Like I gave this four and a quarter, and the crowd just never got into it at all. But you know, I still thought they they worked so hard and they told such a great story that. I tried not to hold the lack of crowd heat against it. And, you know, I was very, like, I was, like, very much on on pins and needles because I love Sasaki. I did not want him to lose his hair. I was very happy when he ended up pertaining. But, yeah, I thought this was really good. Yeah. I've, um, I'm happy to announce that I've turned the corner on Daisuke Sasaki. I, I, I enjoy him now. Um, for a while, his match is just... They came across as they came across as uninspired and just uh, he he has this look and he still does even even though that I said I enjoy him he still does look like he just doesn't really give a shit and that is part of his character but sometimes it does bother me Adam Cole has the same problem uh, uh, he's a good wrestler and he, I know he tries but he just looks lazy and that yeah, was a Adam problem Cole. I had with uh, fuck Adam Cole <laughs> and, uh, that was a problem I had with Kaisuke Sasaki and. Uh, the, has there has there been a guy? Not, not sorry, you, you probably have to say this. Like, has there been a guy who jumped to WWE that that, that like you gave less of a shit about since Adam? That's probably Bobby Roode. But like Adam Cole was like, like when he when he jumped, it was like, yeah, w- whatever. Now I don't have to see you like have your fucking two and a half star special on my New Japan Corrigans like twice a year anymore. Get the fuck out. Anyway. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I've turned the corner on Sasaki. I, I really enjoyed him here. I enjoyed his match with um, Jun Kasai at Judgment. I haven't. Yeah, seen that was him. awesome. That was on my yeah, top ten for a while. The the Kasai match. Yeah, the Kasai match. I that was like yeah, the bottom half of my top ten for a while. Yeah, I think I liked it 
same I gave it the same rating as I did as I gave uh the Sakito match. I gave it three and a quarter, which um the crowd really did take it down a little bit. Uh but the work was so good that um Wait, you mean three and three quarter? I, three and three quarter, yeah. Okay, I thought you said what, three I, did I, I, I thought you said three and a half quarter, which yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I like him now, and uh, I'm going to try to uh, make time to seek out some of his other matches, see if anything's changed. Because honestly, I'm a fair guy. I'll admit I, I've watched a lot of his matches. Just been like, eh, I don't really care about Sasaki. I'm not going to pay much attention to this, whatever. And even when he's good, I'm just eh, okay. He's good, but it's still Sasaki. I, I really don't care about him. Um, but after this, I think I'm going to make an effort to to pay more attention and uh, try to enjoy his matches more because I, I did enjoy him here and I uh, enjoyed the Kasai match. I haven't seen the Togo match. I need to get to that soon. Uh, I like Akito yeah, the too. Togo, the Togo match was awesome. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of people say that was like yeah. one, of the, one of the five best matches. I mean, I usually fucking hate Iron Man matches and that was a re- that was still really good. Yeah, Case Lowe liked it. it. And I have very similar taste as Case Lowe. If he liked it, then I'll like it because it – wasn't it a very like lucha kind of match, very submission yeah. based? Yeah, yeah. So if Case liked it, I know he hates lucha. He hates that style. So if he liked it, I'll I'll probably enjoy it too. Uh, we have very similar taste. I enjoy Akito too. Uh, so I thought both were really good here. Um, Sasaki kind of outshined him a little bit. I thought Akito. Oh, I, I thought, thought so selling, too. Akito's selling of the neck was tremendous. Tremendous. Yeah. He, he, Every time he would go for him, he would grab that neck, and uh, you know I'm not a selling guy. I really don't. I really don't care. Uh, but when selling is good, it's it's good. So I enjoyed the selling here. I really enjoyed both of their performances. Yeah, I thought this was really good. So I just wish the crowd had been a little less burned out. But maybe if you switch the placement of this and the uh, and the the weapons rumble, I think it, it could have helped a lot. But yeah. All right. So the semi main, the KOD tag team titles. Hiroshima and Naomichi Marafuji defeating uh, Ire and Higuchi when Hiroshima pinned Ire with the Samato in 1614. Um, they failed in V4, so him and Marafuji became the 62nd KOD Tag Team Champions. Um, I thought this was really good. I gave this four stars. I thought it was um, a very good tag team match, a good example of like a, a dream tag team match where, you know, uh, some guy, four singles guys kind of came together. You talked about that in your review, I think. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I thought they, they put together a really good match. Um, you know, again, the crowd wasn't quite as hot for it as you would have liked, but, um, you know, it was been a long show, so I tried not to hold it against them. And, um, you know, a, a very good tag match. And, you know, obviously the, the story continued with uh, Ire getting pinned by Hiroshima. Um, you know, it's, I, I thought for a second that they were going to ha- finally give Ile his big win when he kept hitting with those beast bombers and stuff, but, you know, Super Hiroshima chugs it all off and hits the Samato. I'm not the type of person... They're the type of person that's really annoyed. You know, I saw I saw um, Milo throw a shit fit on Twitter. God, God bless Milo. I love you, but he was not happy about um, Hiroshima beating Ile again, but a few other people were pretty unhappy, but, like, I... I I still like the story. I, I think it'll be a big deal when ERA finally beats him. And I, I don't necessarily think a, a tag title match here was the right moment. So I think it's exactly. better better in a sing, better in a singles match. So this was this. I thought this match was really good. I liked the finish. Um, I liked you know continuing that story. And yeah, I mean, cool to see Marafuji getting more DET work for sure too. Because you know, 
God bless Noah, but he, he definitely has a higher profile than Noah right now. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you. I don't think this was the right place to have Irie beat Hiroshima. Um, I think that does need to be in a singles match or even a tag match. Just this wasn't the tag match. You know, this for all intents and purposes, this was a match to get Marufuji on Peter Pan. This was a match to uh, have, him t- have him team with Hiroshima, who is... Uh, he's still kind of the ace of the promotion. Not really, but kind of. Well, he's a uh, Tanahashi. Yeah, he's a Tanahashi. Yeah. Okada might be the ace, like Takashita might be the ace, but Hiroshima is still Hiroshima. Tanahashi is still Tanahashi. Yeah, exa- exactly. And, and this was really about getting more Fuji to team with him, getting them, um, you know, popping the crowd with that, just uh, popping the, the house a little bit, maybe. And um, I mean, I'm sure he couldn't have hurt. And that, the show drew yeah. great. It ended up with 5,900 fans. Fans and you know it, it looked pretty fucking full in the building, so. Yeah. I, uh, about a year ago, maybe over a year ago now, because it was before the G one last year, people were really down on Marufuji, really down on him. Uh, one of the most overrated wrestlers in Japan in the world. Uh, he was never good, which is bullshit. But um, yeah. and you're, I'm all for opinions, but that's bullshit. Come on, and um, he's not a draw. All that. And he's really proven since the G1 that he is a draw. He drew uh, – he sold out uh, Sumo Hall last year with Okada. He's a draw everywhere but Noah. <laughs> it's, it's like... Yeah, well, actually, if you look at the Noah attendance last year while he was in the G1, it was significantly, significantly yeah, that's, that's a good point. Before and after. Yeah. And uh, but I think just the general state of Noah, that's, that's really what's holding him back. But he – Definitely did help a little bit here. I, I feel like that's safe to say. Um, DDT was going to draw a good crowd regardless, but like you said, Marufuji does not hurt. He'll never hurt. He's I, I, I wouldn't surprise if he added like 300 fans or something. Because it seemed like they were a bunch of Absolutely fans with like, a, with like a Noah banner uh, off to the side at one point, and there were definitely some fans that were there for Marufuji. So, yeah. I mean, they were here to hear. He's never been in DDT before. He was he wrestled one match in DDT. So, um and it's it's Tokyo. He's a big star, yeah. Uh, historically, so there's no way there there weren't people who said who saw Marufuji on this car and said, "Okay, I'm gonna go." Um, not specifically for him, but okay, Marufuji's on the card. I want to see Marufuji too. So, yeah. um, that's what this match was about. Um, it was also about Higuchi finally uh, breaking through as not a rookie, not a mid carder, but uh, a top tier. Maybe not top tier, but that second tier headliner. I think yeah. they really can put him in a spot like this from now on. Um, he's over. He has a great look. Very charismatic. Um, yeah, the crowd likes and, him a lot. Yeah, like I said with uh, before with um, who was it? Uh, it was Saki. DDT takes a long time to push their DNA guys, and understandably <coughs> so. They're rookies. They have to improve, and uh, they give them a lot of room to improve. Uh, but after four years, uh, what is it, four years, I think, um, I think it's time that they really do start pushing him. And we saw that they that they recognize that they have to push him. They recognize that he's a star. They recognize that he can make money. And so I think they are going to put, put him in positions like this from now on. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him headlining Peter Pan within, uh, I'll put a number on it, four years. I yeah. think that's a possibility. It wouldn't surprise me. I forget his age. I think he's like 28, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so he's not a kid. 
he's significantly older than Takashita is. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they gotta, they gotta get going. It's, it's now time to start pushing this guy. Um, and I thought he was really good here. I liked his exchange exchanges with uh, Marfuji. Uh, him and Hiroshima have really good chemistry as well. And um, I'm glad that they did have Irie take the pin because not only does it protect Higuchi, it also does further that that uh, Hiroshima Irie story, which yeah. will probably be off in the next year, two years. I think it'll. I think I, it'll I, go at least through the Grand Prix, probably. And then yeah, maybe I, I mean, like the next. It, now it's getting a little. A little long in the tooth. It's been it's been several years of this of this story. Um, uh, and uh, they they even headlined Peter Pan a few years ago. So I don't know if they're going to do that again. Uh, it would work, but uh, Hiroshima's kind of they've moved him down. He's Tanahashi now. Tanahashi yeah. isn't headlining Wrestle Kingdom. Hiroshima's not headlining Peter Peter Pan. Yeah. Uh, so um, but the, so after the match after the match we had like a the announcement from um, from Dino coming out in his corporate blazer to announce that he's going to really show Marafuji what DET is all about because the next tag title defense is going to be Dino and Takagi teaming up to challenge Marafuji and Hiroshima in an empty factory match. So they're going to have a match in a factory. Um, and then the, the funniest part to me is apparently Marafuji like basically asking uh, Uchida, whatever the hell that guy's name is, the, the president of NOAA, you know, is this is so is this really okay, basically? And yeah, Yuchida, that's his name. And he it was basically like she was like, no problem. So because he was at ringside. So that that was pretty funny. So yeah, they they're gonna have a factory match next month for the tag titles. What do you think of that, Dylan? Uh, it's a factory match. I mean it's an empty factory match. I love empty empty uh factory matches. All the great Empty factory matches throughout history. I've been a big fan of. Um, so I'm looking forward. Who from gets that? Thes and Hackensmith, the empty factory man. Yeah, well, I'm a big fan. So uh, I'm looking forward to it, and um, I think we could see a title change. Unfortunately. Yeah, that's very um, possible. The DDT, the, the the audience would like that a lot, but uh, the audience that's not going to be there, but uh, <laughs> will enjoy that. Um, so that that worked, but I would like to see Hiroshima and Marufuji hold this until hold these titles until uh, I would say Osaka Octopus uh, at least they do like to hot potato these titles around and uh, yeah yeah so then we have the main event the KOD Openweight Title Konsuke Takashida defeating Tetsuya Endo with the cross arm German suplex in twenty nine oh two his seventh title defense um, so I by the end of it I thought the crowd did get into it um, maybe it didn't cross on TV but the there were a lot of people in my section yelling for Endo. Just you know, yelling, Endo, Endo. Like, every time he was in trouble, there were a lot of people yelling for Endo. Not nearly as many yelling for Takashita, although uh, Mort and Taylor, who I was watching with, were both very into Takashita. So when Takashita won, like, they were sitting there clapping while I just looked very sad. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I was rooting hard for Endo. So were a lot of people, I feel like, in attendance. Uh, definitely more than Takashita. And... I don't really. I don't know if that's any. Like I've seen people say that that shows Takashi is a failed ace. I don't know if that's true because people no. people just want to root against the established guy in a match like this. They want to see, you know, the guy who's never won the title win the title. So I don't think that necessarily means Takashi is a bad ace or anything. But um, but yeah, as far as the match itself, I thought the match itself was awesome. I gave it four and a half. Um, I thought it was. It, you know, it made my match of the year list uh, towards the low end, but. Um, I'm, I really like this match a lot and 
you know i one of the be- one of its best features was it, it did not feel like it went almost 30 minutes to me live like it felt like you know a 20 minute match so anytime a 30 minute match can feel like a 20 minute match you know they they done something right there um and, you know they had some some pretty crazy spots especially on the when they went out onto the onto the ramp and you know towards the end where you know the the, the part that people talked about a lot in debate on twitter was endo get basically hitting all of his finishers in Takashita, even his older uh that 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 like torture rack bomb and Takashita kicking out all of them and then pinning him with the the cross arm German instead of the surprise rose. But I don't the, him pinning him with the cross arm German did not bother me because I thought that was more like a callback than anything. You know, beating him with this older move because it was like a callback to the rivalry. The same movie beat him with when Endo end up turning afterwards to join damnation. So I did that didn't really bother me, but like I get why people would be bothered by Takashita kicking out of so much and then pinning Endo with that move. But well, not only was it a callback, I think <laughs> it was also with them going thirty minutes and both being extremely worn out and uh, both of them doing whatever they had to do to, to win. Both of them just uh, getting up after every big move, uh fighting fighting like their lives were on the line really. And Takashita not having anything left in him and knowing that Endo didn't have much left in him either. You know, just he had to drop him on his head with these German suplexes. That that was it. It wasn't it didn't have to be glorious. It didn't have to be special. It just had to be I'm going to fucking kill this guy because I can't fight anymore. I've I fought all of all I could fight. That's it. Yeah. I and I'm gonna do whatever I have to do. So I really did enjoy that as well as it being a callback. So I mean I thought this match was really awesome and you know, I wish the crowd had been a little bit up more up for it after, you know, just a very long show. But I still thought they were into it by the end. And I was like super into it, just rooting so hard for Endo there live. And I really wanted to see him win the title. But you know, I I'm sure Endo will get his moment and just probably it just won't be with me there, unfortunately. But you know, I got to see Nitro win the G one. I can't have everything, I guess. Um but yeah, as far as the match itself goes, again, really, really awesome match. Uh, I definitely I want to watch it back on tape to see if I could even go higher. But you know, four and a half live, I thought it was a really, really good match. Yeah, same here. I I actually have quite a bit to say about this. Um, what was Takashita's entrance? Did that come across as weird live as it did it, on tape? It came. It came across pretty weird. Yeah. It was. I don't know. What was it? I mean, I, I couldn't figure out what it was. I'm sitting there watching. Like, is this supposed to be, you know, is this supposed to represent Takashita? Like, what is this? Does he have any sort of background uh, that that would call for this? And I don't. I not to my knowledge. So it was just really weird. People were laughing at it. I was laughing at it. Um, it was just really dumb. But I really did like like the work in this match. My only problem was the beginning, which I'll talk about in a second, and the crowd. The crowd, you said it, it came across pretty well live, but on tape, it didn't really come across that way. It came across, um, as it progressed, it, it kind of did, but for for a little bit, it was just people in this malaise. They were, they were ready for the show to end. Um, they were still into the main event, but it was just, it was beyond them to, to uh, react accordingly to uh, relative to what the main event was supposed to be in the crowd, how the crowd, how you would expect the crowd to be. Um, even if they did come across that way live, like you said. Um, but that, that was my main issue. My other issue was 
in the, the early stages of the match, and I talked about this in my review, um, it seemed as though they were just figuring out what they wanted to do rather than, I'll compare it to Okada and Omega, like Okada and Omega, the G1 match, as soon as bell rings are at each other, they're trying to get the win as quick as possible because their last match was a draw. And they have a 30-minute time limit. Time limit. This wasn't. This didn't have a 30-minute time limit, but that same that same structure, that same formula, both of them attacking each other at the bell, trying to win as fast as possible, trying to do as much damage as quick as they can before they themselves run out of run out of en- energy, individually. I thought that would have worked for their story, and they didn't really do that. They they kind of just it looked like they were trying to figure out what they wanted to do. Um, well, I, and, I, I thought that worked. I mean, I, I like the whole like weird feeling out process thing they had going on. Like, I thought that was cool. The way they just kind of stared at it, it almost is a different way. Like, you know, where they, where they stared at each other, like, you know, we, we did all this shit last time and no, neither one of us could beat the other one in 60 minutes. So, what the fuck do we do now? That's kind of the vibe I got from it. Well, I agree, but I think they're kind of beyond that sort of thing. They've been friends since 2012, they've known each other for even before wrestling. So I think they're beyond that. They should know each other well enough by now that they shouldn't be grabbing headlocks. That was kind of just my problem. Like I didn't hate it. I didn't see it. I'm like, Oh, come the fuck on. But I saw it and I'm like, "Uh, that's not really, I, I wouldn't really be doing that if I went to a draw with this guy and he's my bitter enemy. I wouldn't be grabbing headlocks. Um, So that kind of bothered me. But beyond that, I really enjoyed this. I love that the story they told was that, both of them were equal. They're both equal. Takashita, he's the ace. He's the ace of the promotion. Um, he's 22 years old. Endo, four years his elder. Uh, and they just know each other because they came up together in wrestling. They came up together in life. And Endo turned on him because he was jealous of him, of Takashita, winning the title before Endo did. Takashita beat this guy in every match they had up until... I think September 2016. The other one was stopped. There was one that was stopped. They had eight matches. One was stopped. Endo won one. One of them. And I, I thought he really did a good job telling the story of I'm tired of being compared to this guy. I'm tired of him beating me like a drum. I'm tired of of being looked at as his friend and not Tetsuya Endo as Tetsuya Endo. Tetsuya Endo as Konosuke Takeshita's friend. And I really liked the story that he hung in there with Takashita. He was, they were equals. They told the story that Endo might just be as good as Takashita, even though Takashita is in the top spot and Endo's not. Even though Takashita has beaten Endo in just about every match that they've had. And I thought the draw, as much as people didn't like it, I know a lot of people thought it was boring. I really liked it. I, I liked that match a lot. But I know people didn't, I get why. But I thought that was essential for the story in that what I'm saying right now, that it showed Endo was just as good as Takashita, even though Takashita has beaten him all these years. I really like that they that, that it showed Endo might be more deserving than Takashita is. There were a lot of times in this match where it's like, why is Takashita, why has Takashita beaten this guy so much? If this guy is able to hang in hang in there with him like this, and I really I really enjoyed. Endo's performance from that standpoint, um, his his selling, his facials, I enjoyed everything about it. They told a great story in this match. Um, was it a match of the year contender? I don't think so. Uh, you liked it. We gave it the same rating, but I think you liked it more than I did. 
Yeah, I gave, I, we gave the same rating, but I think I, I've i given less matches, I guess, more stars than you have because it's on my yeah, top ten. Yeah, that's a result of me me enjoying more New Japan matches and stuff like that. Once you add all that up, yeah, I get I why. Mean, but we, we, I think we liked it about the same. You just had it higher. Me I have a yeah, I have a, I have an eighth on my on my uh my top ten of the year. Yeah. So honestly, I love this match. This is how good wrestling is in two, in 2017. I don't even know if this match would make my top fifty for yeah, the year. That's crazy. But I I really it might uh, that might be a little ridiculous. It might. Yeah. Um, but I really but I really enjoyed this match. Um, both of them were great. I thought both of them really showed that if they're going to be the two guys. DDT pushes as the top two guys for the next you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 years that they are worthy of the spot and that they are, uh, they are deserving of the push they're given because of this match, because of this match, they showed it in this match. I thought they, they looked like two experienced pro wrestlers. They looked like total pros, both of them, uh, they looked like I, I could compare this to Harashima and Ibushi. I really think there are a lot of similarities, uh, or Ibushi and Omega, like Drew Wardlaw did. He compared he compared the matches the match to the Ibushi Omega matches, and I think there are a lot of similarities. I think they are they are worthy of that this spot, and I think they are both going to be huge stars. Endo as a babyface, Takashita probably as a heel, even though the, the roles are reversed right now. Uh, and you can tell here because the crowd was really behind Endo, like you said. His future is clearly as a babyface. But both of them, they're going to be huge stars. I really do believe that, and this was a great start. Yeah. So I, I th- this was really awesome and, you know, eighth on my top ten list now. Um, it might not last in the top ten all the way to the end of the year. I guess it depends on how 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 much the uh, how much the rest of the year is great. I mean, it's not my DT match of the year either. My DT match of the year is still uh, Hiroshima and Takashita from March 20th. Which I have six on my top ten list, but yeah, um, I don't know which one I which one I liked more actually. But yeah, so really good main event, really great show live. Um, you know, it's one of those shows that like I to me it's almost like it must be what it feels like to be really into WWE nowadays and go to go to WrestleMania because it's like the show is so long, but you don't really care because you're so into everything that like. You know, even by the by the end, you know, your ass hurts from sitting there all this time, and it is tiring. But like, even after you've been there for basically six hours, you're just like, wow, this is really cool. And there were so many cool moments I'm gonna remember later. Moments, sorry. And like, there were so many great matches, and you know, you don't really feel like you were, you know, like you don't regret being there for that long. So. Um, you know, it was a very long show, but I still it was still one of my favorite shows of the entire trip. You know, to me, it's up there with the with the the the, the G one finals, um, the Deathmania, something else that I had, <laughs> and the, the the start of Hurricane. I think well, those are probably my four favorite shows on the entire yeah, trip. The start of Hurricane so, didn't come across very well on tape. It, it just it seemed like the really? crowd was. Yeah, I, I mean, I like Stardom. Uh, I've enjoyed them more in recent months than I than I have uh, really all year. But uh, the main event could get to, and it was something that was really good. But the crowd, it just seemed like it was no one was really there. But I also did watch on Stardom World, so that could be the problem. 
uh, because you know they only have one or two cameras. But yeah, that. But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. I, have to, I have to look and I have to see what it what if what it was like on tape. But um, but yeah, live, li- yeah, live that show was awesome. But it could have just been being front row for stardom. So, but anyway, that um, Peter as far as Peter Pan goes again, uh, live that was one of my favorite shows the entire trip. I thought it was awesome, and um, I definitely recommend watch seeing a, a big DT show like that live if you have the opportunity. It was so much fun. What was it like? To, how, what did you think of the show overall on tape? I loved it. I liked it. Uh, you said it was up there with the New Japan Sumo Hall shows. I got to be honest. I liked it a little bit more than uh, than at least the last two nights. The, the last two nights weren't as good as the first one, I thought. Oh, I, I agree um, with you. The, fir- the first of the three nights were the best one. Was the best one. Yeah. yeah. The third night was just... Uh, actually, you know what? I, I liked the third night. I liked a few of the matches on that show. <laughs> the third night to me was uh, almost... But, the third night was close to a one-match show, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I really liked the uh, junior tag title match. And the, I even liked the tag title match, but uh, a lot of people didn't. And um, But yeah, th- this was, as a whole show, as a whole, as a full card, I liked this and at least the last two nights. The first night, I'd have to go back and look at the card because there's so much wrestling. I forgot what the card was, honestly. I just remember enjoying it. Um, yeah, I, I really did enjoy the show. I gave, look, I gave two matches over four stars, and I don't think there was a match of the year contender on, on, on the card. Uh, and to compare that to the Big Japan Sumo Hall show in July, which I know you liked, and I know other people did, and I reviewed it for the site. Go read it. Uh, that wasn't as good, even though a lot of the matches were similar. I had similar ratings for all of the matches. Uh, the difference is that show was underwhelming. I expected better matches. This show was everything I expected out of it. Plus, I don't really like DDT. So I didn't have many expectations. But it, those small expectations that I had, it exceeded those. So that's the difference between the two. Even if the quality of the matches in a vacuum, if you just look at star ratings and stuff like that, they were pretty similar. But this one, it, was, it felt more lively. It felt like it had a soul. The Big Japan show felt soulless. This one felt like it had a soul. And um, I really did enjoy this card. It's the EDT shows ever. I, I, I... Yeah, I mean, I thought it was really, really good. Um, I thought I like Judgment better, I think, overall. But both shows are really good this year. Both the Big DT big shows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess we can wrap it up. Um, this was cool. Thanks for coming on again, Dylan. I didn't think I was going to get to talk about this show because I couldn't find anybody to talk about it with me. And then I was, I kept feeling like I was in a coma on top of that coming back from Japan. But I'm glad I got a chance to talk about it. So thank you for coming on and letting me, uh, you know, rave about how much I love this show. Pleasure. Thank you. I, I, if you, uh, if you ever want me back, even with all the, uh, Technical issues. <laughs> plug your tw- plug your Twitter, by the way, because I don't remember exactly what it is. Dylan JX4. That's D Y L A N JX4. Okay. Um, yeah, thank you for having me on. You're very welcome. Um, so, just for the for the listeners at home, um, this is I know this episode's coming out at kind of a weird day for us, a Friday, but starting next week, we'll be back on our regular schedule of releasing, of recording either Monday or Tuesday night and releasing. 
uh, either Tuesday or Wednesday. So the next couple episodes already lined up. Next week, I'm going to be joined by J.R. Goldberg, who is um, at Wrestling Bubble on Twitter. And J.R. and I are going to go deep into our own past to talk about what it was like basically growing up with Ring of Honor. I think we're going to call it Growing Up ROH or something. And, you know, because he and I both went to a lot of Ring of Honor shows back in the day during the, the glory period of, like, 2003 to, like, 2008. So um, we're going to talk a lot about that, what it was like going to all these Ring of Honor shows, you know, uh, any any memories we have of that, and then how our wrestling tastes greatly diverged after Ring of Honor, where, you know, I was already into Puro, but I got way more into Puro, and he got very into Lucha, and we'll talk about why we might have uh, gone in diff- very different directions post Ring of Honor. Um, so that'll be a fun episode. I've, I've obviously, if you go, if you know what I look like, you can see me in the front row of a lot of Ring of Honor shows, pretty much every Northeast show for like five years, basically. So it'd be cool to basically go on and really talk about that on this show for the first time. Um, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. I love Jared. Yeah. He's one of the only guys I can disagree with on just about everything and still really enjoy talking to about, about wrestling and about everything, really. So looking forward to that. So that'll be fun. It'll be the first of two straight weeks of an American indie focus because the following week I'm going to have Michael Spears, my co-host of Open the Voice Gate, on to talk about Chikara and like the peak Chikara years before and why we think it kind of like went down the tubes after that. So that'll be fun. I wasn't into, I wasn't as in Chikara as I was in the Ring of Honor, but I did go to like a lot of shows in 2010 and like 2011. So that that'll be fun to talk about too. So. Some American indies, historical American indies coming up in the next two weeks here on Wrestling on Say. So definitely check that out next week with JR, following week with Mike Spears. And, you know, if you're into American indies, if you're into Ring of Honor and Chikara, that'll be two episodes you'll want to hear. But in the meantime, that'll do it for this week. We'll see you again, again, back in our normal day on Wednesday next week. See you next time. See ya. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.